Welcome everybody to self-improved. This is going to be a fantastic one because I am not alone. I actually went to my colleague's place, Scott Thompson, who you've, to- you've heard me refer to this guy, absolute genius. And he is starting his own podcast. So what you're listening to here is the first episode of his podcast. And I just threw my phone next to his. And so it's, you're getting the best of both worlds, really bang for your buck. Enjoy. We talk about everything. I could not list everything we talked about because there was so much relationships, fitness, career aspirations, books, and more. Enjoy. Thank you for tuning in and rate five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Bye. So let's do this. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. All right, we're recording. Let's do it. All right. Introduce us. Introduce both of us. All right. So this is the first episode. This is the first episode of Thick Radio. <laughs> Thick Radio. I'm just finding out about the name of this. Let's go. Um, so this is the first episode. Um, X-rated. Yeah, X-rated. Thick X-rated. Radio. Thick Radio. R-rated. Episode yeah. number one. Um, yeah. yeah. I've honestly been wanting to start a podcast forever, and. Yeah, this is my friend Zev, and we work together. Uh, over uh, under seventy five minutes. Over uh, under. Over. Yeah, over. yeah, for sure. yeah for sure. I was like, I was like, are oh, we gonna get two hours over. today? Maybe. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's. I was actually kind of happy we started later because then I have an excuse for it not to go three hours yeah. because I have to get to bed. Literally, yeah. Um, and Zev and I actually had a podcast together before, so this is honestly perfect. Um, Just like old times. Yeah, exactly. And time flew when we did that. No kidding. Yeah, it was so easy to have such a long conversation. (laughs) I still think about that rep room interview and that it's gone. It's, it's, it's disappeared pretty much. That's actually so true. It's on YouTube, but that's it. That was honestly such a good idea that like we should have like ran with more like going and like going and talking to other people like in the industry yeah. like that was so useful because I would have never known like Pete and uh, what's what's his wife's name um her name whatever yeah, I, I Jesse remember. Jesse yeah Jesse yeah yeah I would have never known them and they were that was such a good interview especially like as young coaches too just like going and talking to other people that's one thing that I definitely want to do with this podcast is talk to as many people like within the industry like just that i don't even know just like reach out to random just, yeah. like, have so a conversation. Many. yeah i think that's i've wanted to start a podcast for so long because of that like the beauty of having conversation mm-hmm. with just like a wide variety of people like not even in fitness like this podcast isn't it'll be fitness and we'll talk about it a ton but the conversations that we have often are not fitness at all like there's going to be lots of philosophy and like self-help and space and like yeah, physics yeah, yeah. and just like random shit like random investing random for sure investing right? money <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah life all kinds of stuff that we have no <laughs> we have yeah, no yeah, yeah, reason yeah. to be talking about other than we find it interesting but oh also i need to tell you that epiphany i had unless tell me right now. if you'd watched my last because i have a personal podcast too that actually this i have my recording going as well as scott's and so this will also be on self-improved shameless plug that it's it's like it's like an auditory journal and no one listens so you'll be one of three people that listen to it if you do chime in and yeah i did spill the beans on that epiphany on that on my last episode um i need you while i can look for it i need you to talk about something (laughs) but you're one of those you're one of those three listeners and when he's bigger than joe rogan it'll all be Uh, everybody's gonna gonna (laughs) another thing too with this podcast is gonna be like, we touched on self-help just now, but, like, it's going to be a lot of that. Like, it's going to be a lot of 
especially direct, like directed towards young people and like I have some questions for you like related to that but it's going to be like a lot of trying to just trying to like put advice out there for young men and women and just like things to, okay because it's like this is I dig it I think you feel similarly like this has been something I've been so kind of obsessed with like trying to figure out how to be a, a decent person but also understand like my insecurities and like and why I have those insecurities how to overcome them and then another thing that like we've both realized is just like as soon as you solve one another one pops up and then mm-hmm. it's just and mm-hmm. it's exhausting but it's the good fight like you're fighting the good fight to figure I see, that I out see. you know That's what I mean good, I like that yeah like, it is a good fight it's such a good fight I and put a negative like, connotation on too much yeah it's because it's so hard not to because it's exhausting man. it's exhausting to try to figure out how your mind works and like mm-hmm. it I've said that sandstorm analogy a bunch sometimes it feels like a sandstorm but part of that's why I love podcasts so much because that's helped me figure out like I've gotten so much advice from podcasts and things like that that now I want to do it because mm-hmm. I know that like mm-hmm. I know I've learned so much from you I've learned so much from the other people around me I've learned so much from my personal experiences likewise the, yeah <laughs> and the podcast is just a part like a perfect example of like a place to share it I think so bro I just saw someone told me sent me a quote today on I'm going to paraphrase seeking the truth leads to solitude and then like a life of something something and i was like damn like so it's refreshing to hear you kind of flip that because mm-hmm. he, sometimes you hear a quote and you think it's a law yeah and I but it, I, it's refreshing when it's like okay you it does it's not lonely to seek to think about why you think yeah anyways so, right, okay 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 so so by the way people I've been blue balling Scott because I told <laughs> because I told him he's like he's like Zeb, tell me about this analogy and I was like Zeb's no, Zeb's been edging. Oh no, what happened? Oh no. Oh, oh, it was yes. it. So people, Zeb's been edging the, me from. You actually, this is a unique opportunity right here. The recording on the laptop for thick pot, the thick podcast has glitched. It's uploading. He was accidentally hit upload or something. Mine's still running, I think. And so, yeah. Can you we, only like? I'm say one second. Like I'm going to. Minutes? I'm going to pause this, people, okay. and then yeah. Okay, boom. And now, no. What will happen? Because I've done this before. Like, what I do, I actually do this where I chop mm-hmm. it up. So my intro and da da da. Anchor is the best for editing. Look at this. I'm giving an infomercial yeah, for Anchor yeah. right now. Our first <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, you can you can cut it, and people won't even realize. Oh, it. sweet. Okay. They'll just they might be confused when they hear all of a sudden it cuts to us like. Oh, it says it right here. Okay. Oh, it, oh, it's because this browser doesn't. Oh, so we know every five minutes. That's so annoying, though. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Or, or like you just, yeah. Hey, Take you know my what? Phone down, yeah. You know what? You know the concept premature optimization. Yeah. You got it. This is the first one wasn't gonna be perfect. Yeah, it was not gonna be perfect. Yeah. That's the way it goes. That's just the way that it goes. All right, that works. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so without further ado. This is how I've realized investing is exactly the same as building relationships. Okay. Oh. The, no, no, it's a deep analogy. I didn't realize how many holes it has, uh, yeah. good holes. Okay, so it, when you invest money, you sacrifice spending money on yourself to spend money on an investment. Building a relationship, you sacrifice time on yourself for time on building a relationship, or investment of time. Yeah. When you invest... You can have bad investments that lose you money. When you invest time in a relationship, you can have a negative ROI and a bad outcome in that investment. Just like when you invest, some you have to ditch after a year because you see diminishing returns that will not go up. Mm -hmm. 
some investments or sorry, some relationships, you see diminishing returns a year later and you give them up. You don't go more than a year. Mm -hmm. Some investments, and I'll keep using these parallels, some investments, you know it's rocky, but you know the business is going to boom 10 years down the road. Some relationships, it's a little rocky because maybe one person's stressed about a thing in their life. You know it's going to get better. In investing, if you invest forever, because I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, Zev, how naive. There's the saying, it takes years to build a relationship, a second to break it because of trust. False. Just like an investment, people that have invested forever are not going to throw their life savings on the roulette table. Just like in a relationship, if you have built the foundational principles, you are not going to throw away a relationship because of one foolish decision. You'd have to be a fool in both ways. So people that get a lump sum of money quickly and don't learn how to invest over their whole life, like a lottery winner or something or inheritance, they might squander that. Someone, same thing, you get become friends with a celebrity overnight, you might squander that. You don't know what is it. Also, young people are learning how to spend money. They, they frivolously spend because they're learning responsibility. A young person who also has friends come and go, just like money comes and go for young people. Friends come and go quickly mm -hmm. because they're learning responsibility with their time and investing time. So you notice the parallels of you invest time, you invest yeah. money. It's all the same and you can foster these awesome investments and foster awesome relationships the same way. Now, that's the thing. These people who invest forever, they're going to be wise about it. People who invest time forever in relationships aren't going to lose those relationships. Um, I want to make sure I'm not missing any other points because there's like a lot of... Yeah, that's pretty... Any, any thoughts so far? That's Yeah, uh, I have two thoughts. I really like that, first of all. And there are so many parallels. Like, And I even started thinking about fitness as well. No, like of course. It's, it's an investment of your time for an outcome mm -hmm. that you desire. But you said... You said the same way, like a lot of like seasoned investors will not pull out of an investment just because there's like some rocky roads or it dips or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But where I might disagree, do you mm -hmm, think, mm -hmm. do you think that, uh, let's say a relationship is on the rocks and not on the rocks, but it's like fighting kind of constantly and it's like not really going in like a healthy direction per se, or it's like 50% of the time it's healthy, 50% it's not. I find hard to see the investment because like eventually an investment will pay off like full, like so let's say it's rocky it's up and down but then there's like that big jump and the company starts doing super well and then you get that financial return that you've been desiring can you see a relationship doing following that similar thing where it's like rocky and there's these rough patches and then all of a sudden it's great again like and then it's like and then it's because like like, yes, I agree that, like, people can, like, solve through. But I don't know. I guess I'm trying to figure out what I'm thinking right now. I think it would be more likely that if there, if it's rocky for, like, years and years, there's some underlying, like, maybe things there. Um, mm -hmm. Well, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. People. <laughs> I have to restart my podcast in five minutes. That's all right. But that's okay. Well, no, dude. And so that's another thing I forgot about. Just like investments, some people get lucky. Some things you're just like, oh, I didn't think that'd be that great. Mm -hmm. Some investments you're like, oh, I thought that would be great and it wasn't. Yeah. Relationships, sometimes you go, oh, I didn't think this relationship would be that good. Yeah. Some you go, I thought it was going to be the best relationship ever and then it isn't. Oh, life I, is, it, that's yeah, another parallel. Yeah, life, yeah, you yeah. get lucky in investments and relationships. That's that life. makes perfect sense, yeah. 
Um, the other thing that I wanted to outline there was, do you, you said like, like a fool will throw like, will put their fortune on the roulette table. Yeah. But you also said like throwing away something for like one decision, like one, oh, like, if some, like if something like, let's say your stock like dips really bad right. and then you like sell because right. like, this is going to be good right. or to draw that parallel. What if your partner like cheats on you? Then that, yeah. So yeah. then, so then like, foolish partner. Would you, yeah. So is it? But so is that a foolish partner, or would it be foolish to throw that relationship away? Let's say. Oh, that's so, cool. So that, that's cool. So that's what um. So that's my question because I'm on the side where like, like as soon as somebody cheats on me, like never again would I ever mm-hmm. like would I ever even consider a relationship? Like, that's right. like such a. That's such a powerful thing for me, and I wanted to hear your take on that. Like, I would just ask a question back to that person and say, "Where are you going to invest your time now?" Like, like, do you believe in that investment or are you going to put your time elsewhere? You're going to cut that relationship and start investing it into other things. To your partner or to yeah, the yeah. person that... So, like, to paraphrase that, are, are you going to go with it because you see it going on the up, getting through the storm? Or mm-hmm. do you uh, see it with diminishing returns because of that cheating incident? Do you <laughs> and think... you just, it's a prediction. Yeah. It's a prediction. Just like yeah. investments are predictions. You, you don't know yeah. the future. Do you think do you think you could find yourself in a position where like somebody could cheat on you and you would still Yeah, and actually folks, we've talked about this <clears throat> not on a podcast. We just talked about this like many awesome late night talks when we we're closing up at yeah. PFPC. And and I could if I had children and I cuz I've just always believed like I am a team with whoever I have kids with unless there's abuse of some sort going on. And if there's no abuse and they just they cheated, I at that point we're a team you- we have kids together. Unless the kids start, like, it affects them because they find out. But do you not see But do you not see cheating as an abuse of your trust? Potentially. Potentially. But, like, it, it, there's context because we'd go to therapy. I'd want to see if the therapy helps and if they change. Yeah. And, and then we'd go from there. And then maybe if, yeah. they, if I saw it wasn't getting any better, like, the investment's dropping. Not to, and I'm not saying – when I make analogies, I, first of all, it's a pet peeve when people – see analogies as the truth like when people they they look at the analogy so thoroughly like i am i hate when people say like oh but the analogy makes sense so anything tied to it makes sense well, that's, like, that's, that's is, yeah yeah no no and that's so i i agree like there yeah yeah i'd be out of there if it just started not yeah, working yeah. do you I'd, see there's another question do you see uh when you meet somebody new do they have a hundred percent of your trust and that you're and they take off of that hundred percent as, oh, as, as they lose their trust or do you start with zero percent trust and that person earns your trust up to a hundred percent uh the earning yeah i've heard that question so wait wait in respective order you go so what happens if someone cheats and you're married to them and in with kids or without and then what about the trust and yeah, if somebody cheats, I'm done. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. Like, so kids are not. Yeah, kids are yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, hear you, I'll I hear just you. get a divorce. Like, it's over. <laughs> I just, I just like, get the lawyer. Have yeah, the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get dial. the fuck out now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, I just like, it's, for me, like, the, like that holds so much weight. because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, it does. Because for me, I just can't wrap my head around you not just leaving the relationship. Like, recognizing mm-hmm. that you are about to destroy somebody's trust here's mm-hmm, the thing for me mm-hmm. so cheating it's like i don't even necessarily like care about sorry i like i do care about like the act of cheating itself or the levels wait wait make out a little boob squeeze yeah, a little, yeah. or ask whatever the girl yeah, yeah. or crotch squeeze or to like me, what level of, of to cheating me, to me it's the same yeah as soon as it gets physical <laughs> right, it all right. holds a similar weight to i me. see like I see. it's but here's the thing about cheating it's like the act of cheating itself is 
I think silly and immature and like yeah. But yeah. because because if you're ever getting to that point, you need to just be honest and leave your relationship or tell your partner that you are having like those feelings. The worst part about cheating is that you not only like destroy that person in the moment, you destroy their trust of mm-hmm. anybody in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like cheating isn't like a momentary like hurt to another person. That's now a lifelong trauma that that person is going to associate with in every single relationship that they have. And I think that's why it's the act of cheating is like immature for that reason. But the act of cheating is also it shows me a lot about that person's character that they clearly are not thinking about your like the other person's well-being for the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people think about that when they think about cheating. Like think about the long term no, no, effects right, yeah, that that's right. causing. And that shows me that that person clearly doesn't have your best interest in mind. Like, I'll, and I'll tell you, someone I was seeing recently told me that they were the homewrecker mm-hmm. in, in the last like relationship they had. Right away, I said, no, nah, this isn't going to work. In my head. I didn't say that. Yeah. So it, it doesn't only affect, obviously, the trust of people. It, it could even affect the partner who gets in there. That's that's now like, <laughs> you know? that's programmed to your subconscious immediately. Mm-hmm. That's like as soon as you hear that. It's I immediate. was like immediate and dude, it was immediate. I go bad taste. Like now, I actually saw them differently and yeah, they you know oh and then I, I <clears throat> last little thing for anyone still curious uh, the last analogy tie in was uh just like an investment that you work on you have to keep contributing to one day you don't have to touch it it actually gains momentum itself and you gain a lot of income from it itself just like relationships that you work on for decades one day it works on itself you don't even have to really you just check in the same way you check in on investment you just check in on the relationship we all know really good friends and family members that you see after years or months and it doesn't really feel like much yeah anyways so that's the i just thought about that Long story short, that's what I thought about the other day. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's investing time. <laughs> it's um, kind of like how relationships are made. So like little, that's actually oh, super interesting. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was telling Benny, because I did tell Benny, uh, Ben Bishap. Shout out to Ben Bishap. Shout out. Shout so, out to Big Shaft, Ben. Big, <laughs> big Shafty. So, <laughs> so, literally, so uh, I said, we all have a portfolio of friends and people in our lives that we're investing time into. And it's, oh, like, yeah, it's actually, like a portfolio of yeah. people like, is it going, is the stock going up or down? Are you ditching that investment? Are you, but then, but then Ben's like, yo, Zev, why you got to do like yeah. that? Like, he's like, why you got to <laughs> yeah. make people look like investors? Yeah, like, sorry, literally. sorry, sorry. So, but, but, I also like, <laughs> but, but that is like, I don't think we want to admit it, but that is kind of like a little bit of like subconsciously you probably like do categorize friends a little. I know I categorize Every, friends. Like, I think it's in- inevitable. Yeah. There's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's what this one person was talking about. They didn't like being low on my hierarchy. That's what caused things also some... Toxicity. How did they find out they were low on your? They hierarchy? they assumed. Oh really? They assumed, but but I didn't say anything. I was but... picturing like you have like, like Me, she oh walks my in, god, she walks into your room and you just have a list of like it's it's like golf tournaments. You're po- you're moving people up and down the list. <laughs> Kelly's plus five tennis. Kelly's out of the tournament. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Well, and and that is something I was actually gonna tell you about. I. So I also gave blue balls to Scott story-wise because he comes in, he goes, how have you been? I go, oh, I've been all right. He goes, what do you mean? I say, I'll wait for the podcast. Yeah, he's been edging me so, constantly. So what? So That's today, here, God, and I hope the person isn't listening, but who is? So <laughs> who is? They, I, I, I ended... That's the thing, no one. <laughs> no, no. no I, one. I ended a no. relationship. We weren't dating, 
we kind of were doing what boyfriend girlfriends do, but there was no label, and I they hadn't met my family yet, because to me it's a big deal if someone meets the family. Mm-hmm. I don't just bring people in and out. Oh no, I actually, yeah, yeah. No, is, I, are you saying or, or is this a depend? Kind of. It's like I don't friends. Know. It I'll let anyone, but when it's a girlfriend, different story for me. Yeah, know. yeah. I think I don't know. It doesn't hold as much weight for me. It like kind of does, but like. Not as much. Well, my friends hold a lot of weight out. I'm okay. almost a little oh, bit like Oh, okay, okay, okay. Introducing like a girl to my friends is like, that means Oh, a lot. I see, like, I see. Yeah. True, true. Because those are like the opinions I really care about. True. Because I don't, my, I do care about my parents' opinion, but like with relationships, like not as much. Mostly because yeah. like my parents' history with relationships okay. isn't stellar. So okay. I don't know if I value their opinion as much. Okay. Anyways, keep going. Well, dude, and plus I'm on a streak right now. I haven't had a girlfriend in like almost six years so like for me it's just this streak yeah. of like i maybe if i had partners all the time i'd just bring them in and i would not care a part of, i don't know if it's like uh me being pretentious of just like i want i want it to mean something <laughs> and i knew this relationship wasn't gonna last yeah yeah for sure so i didn't want to uh, yes yeah, as soon as you realize that like i don't i don't bring ton, like many girls unless like i know i'm gonna like Date them. Okay, it's been okay, a while. Okay. I don't bring them really around. See, that's family. why it was when they, when the person got a little upset. They're like, "Why aren't you showing me to your family?" And that was a sign from like, I think that says yeah, says it all. Yeah. But anyways, dude, and you know what? I'm actually gonna wait because can you we're, try, we can got you a ten sh- second. Can you share can, the audio from? I'm yours? sure I can. I'm sure I can. You want to just do that? Um, let well. Should we risk it? Maybe next time I can yeah. do that. We'll just keep... We'll just keep doing that. <laughs> Perfect. Episode but, 17 of <laughs> the same podcast. <laughs> so, so anyways, all I wanted to say, it was really hard to do. She was really pissed. And granted, you know, it's not fun to end things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I thought I'd be smart to put music on. It was going to pump up my mood. And of course, I put music on. It's like the best music ever. And it made me want her in the car. I was like, this isn't helping, and now I'm just a sad boy, tears, sulking tears in my pity. Down your face. Yeah, I, like, I was literally, I banged on the steering wheel a few times going, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. I miss you, and I love you. Like, I've never uh, shown you that video. No. It's like, two, it's like a Bugatti and a Lamborghini racing, and then it's like a recording of this girl on an answering machine calling her, like, boyfriend. No. Because they just broke up. It's like, I love you, and I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows the cars racing. Okay, I remember that. Man, so anyways, that's why that's why I was alright is just I don't know. I don't like I hate that I've pissed someone off and potentially their parents are gonna she'll talk to her parents and they'll not like me now. It's a weird thing about relationships, right? It's like especially at our age, like you are filling somebody like with tons of love and like appreciation and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. just like spending time with them, making their life better. But at some point, like relationships, like you almost like always end up burning a bridge mm. briefly. At That's least, at least, at least briefly. Like uh, br- it's yeah, not yeah, not yeah. to say that it'll be forever, but like it's very rare. It's not very rare, but like it's rare that you end a relationship, <laughs> like actual like boyfriend girlfriend, and immediately keep talking, staying like friends, a good mutual without thing. without starting to cross boundaries and like true, sleeping with each true, other again. True, and like true. it's very rare. So it's right. almost like it's a weird thing. And I actually have to dig deep in like kind of my yeah, 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 insecurities yeah. and stuff not insecurities i like oh. part of the reason i have commitment issues yeah. is because of that like it's like i know that there's a strong chance that eventually uh, that'll end and I me see. and that girl will be hurt i see you know I what see. i mean like, i it's do like, i get it I get and it's it. like i see it partially because i don't 
like I have such a I don't have much confidence in like relationships lasting decades like I and that's me too bro that's from like a ton of yeah so it's just like I don't have tons of confidence in that so I see I I put a greater the over under on it ending is fucking not good like it's, well, well people both of us have divorced parents so there's baggage no matter what whether exactly. we like it or not exactly yeah <laughs> so that's exactly yeah so that's where a lot of that comes from but it's a weird thing about relationships it's like it's so good but it can also be so bad mm-hmm. at the same and that's like that order and chaos thing that like jordan peterson talks about mm-hmm. and like that's why love is so intoxicating though, well, tell because people, it's dangerous it, it, so love can be toxic you said or intoxicating intoxicating because it's dangerous yeah because yeah. there's a level of tell, like, tell people what the um order and chaos is yeah so if you like if you want to look into something like really interesting then start consuming some of like jordan peterson's content um so he wrote a book called um 12 rules for life um a recipe for order and chaos i think the name was i can't remember something like (laughs) something like that something to do with order and chaos but he basically wrote these like 42 rules on a website like 10 years ago or something like that which outlined 42 rules for life. And then now he's since written two books, 12 rules for life. And then 12 more rules for life beyond meaning is the newest one. Um, but his books kind of like his first two books kind of revolved around like the idea of order and chaos and how life is, that is life is a constant battle or imbalance of order and chaos or a balance. So, like, you cannot have order without chaos and vice versa. Mm. Um, Some yin-yang theory shit. He talks about... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And he talks about skating on ice and how, like, you're skating on ice in the winter and it's so beautiful and it's a gorgeous day and skating on ice, playing hockey, whatever. And that's order. That feels so comfortable. It's amazing. But if that ice was a little bit too thin and you didn't realize and you fell through, you are plunged into Mm -hmm. one of the most terrifying, chaotic Mm -hmm, experiences. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's talking about like that ice simulates the kind of like constant, like constant potential to be plunged into Mm -hmm, chaos, like mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. At any moment. Yeah, exactly. So true. And when you're in chaos, you're seeking order. And when you're in order, you're, you should be seeking chaos too, which is part of it. It's like controlled chaos is useful because we know that as soon as you get too comfortable and you become stagnant, that isn't actually what's best for you like as a human, um, which is something that like I really like the idea of um, is chasing responsibility and putting yourself outside your comfort zone. Like it sounds cheesy, that comfort zone thing, but it couldn't be more true. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. seeking challenge, seeking chaos, seeking things that make you uncomfortable, make you better at whatever you're trying to do. Whether you're trying to become an elite athlete, whether you're trying to become a better writer, like better at podcasts, whatever it is, kind of being like baptized by the fire and throwing yourself into the mix, into like chaotic, very difficult experiences will make you better and as a result you'll get some order in your life because you get good at something and then you achieve a goal and then you feel more confident in yourself and that creates some order because you feel like you can accomplish things and then as a result it's this positive feedback loop you gain a responsibility you accomplish the responsibility your self-confidence goes up and then you want to do it again because you're confident that you can achieve more and then you take on another cha- yeah, another chaotic responsibility it compounds really it, it does compound yeah. exactly well okay to play devil's advocate would a person need to have a calculated risk they could jump into chaos but if it's not calculated 
the risk might be too great and it might cause something they can never bounce back from. For sure, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Like, like I'm going to move cities and start my own thing and, and next thing you know, you're in debt forever and you have no network and you, you're on your yeah. I don't like... Or, well, I don't know. You know or do people it, survive? Like, will people always find a will Well, you, Will you hear like some of the stories of like athletes coming out of like... like the slums in like Brooklyn mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that yeah. or like Compton or something like that right, like, right. and they put everything they have like into like one decision or business you always hear about it with business like I put every last dollar yeah, I have yeah. into business yeah. but we're hearing about like the 1% the survivorship like actually, bias yeah survivorship exactly. bias <laughs> exactly so you actually made it but I think like especially at our age man like unless like you said you'd be broke forever like i don't oh, think oh i see i don't I think see. that's usually yeah, like yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is yeah, because yeah, yeah. we don't have much money to like yeah, really put it, into it I see what you're so saying. i think i think if you're contemplating like moving a city and trying to like start something new i think you should fucking do it if it it's fa- a good call it's let's good call. let's say you're 21 <laughs> and it fails and it's you you go at it for 3 years and then it fails and you lose everything you have no money you're 24. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like, I hear you. That's I, a blip. Yeah, yeah. That's a blip. So it's like, and it's chaotic. And guess guess how much you probably grew from that failure. Like an insane amount. My camera just turned off. An insane <laughs> amount. That's awesome. Um, it's great. Perfect. So um, you're investing in the school hard knocks. That's your tuition in the school hard knocks. Yeah. It, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. I stole that from someone. I love that. That's literally perfect. That Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, no, you, no, it's you true. Have no choice but to become a better person from failing. Like you should seek failure. A TikTok couple said that yeah. uh, about like they started a business and they said they did it in their twenties because they realized that some people don't even take off till their forties. So if they failed, they had twenty years to start something else. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like, yeah it's true. It's really we all, true. We also have time and no responsibilities. You should. Yeah. You should be piling shit onto yourself like not so much that you hate your life like i think you should still be able to go play football and go for hikes and like do all these things that we want to do as young people and party and drink whatever you want to do but outside of like having fun and making sure that you're enjoying your 20s pile on some responsibilities Mm. and see how much you can handle Mm. like we've talked about this like testing your work capacity testing your stress like you've done it like you've done like 60 65 hour uh like weeks mm-hmm. training clients and you recognize real fast holy i could not yeah sustain it's this. not sustainable yeah. it pays off like it pays off in the short term and it's but now you know that like now right, you, right. you've went too far it's like working out like how would you ever know how much volume you can handle unless you burnt yourself yeah, out? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we know that like as as much volume as you can handle but still recover from consistently, that's what gets the most gains. Same with work, same with life gains, same with getting better True. relationships. True. Everything. You need to you need to push yourself to that volume threshold of whatever it is, see how much you can handle, push a little further and run yourself into the ground a little bit mm-hmm. and then be like, "Okay, mm-hmm. that's my limit." I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to maximize my productivity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the gym, on my laptop, training clients, trying to grow my business, whatever it is. Like, okay, I know I can probably work this much and I can still recover from it and my life's all right. Like, but you, you never know that if you didn't dip your toes into too much. Like you, you could extrapolate that into all fields. So right now we're talking about an analogy regarding fitness, but let's even go back to business. And we know a successful business person delegates, but People are going to think, oh, this analogy is just for your own uh, self-discipline, pushing your own limits. No, no, no. How far can you delegate before you lose money? And, like, these are other things, like, you can push the limits and see, like, okay, how far can I go? Let's say a coach. Let's say it is still kind of fitness. A team. How far can you push members of the team Mm -hmm. until there's diminishing returns? We got to pop her back. No, exactly, yeah. Um, 
I, so, I so yeah, how to, if you didn't hear that, people, how far can you push your team, like different aspects, uh, sorry, different positions on the team as a coach, and take that analogy as you wish. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. push the limits. See exactly. Yeah, I think it's really useful, and I think, but comfort is comfort, right? Like you you don't want to leave that area, and I'm I don't want to. Being uncomfortable sucks. Like you don't want to yeah, do it, yeah. but you know this, and I know this. As soon as, as soon as you're on the other side of it, you're like, "That was so worth it." I'm yeah, so yeah, glad yeah. I did it's that. True. Like, it's true. Like, what if you like went out for a hike and there was like some like sketchy like thing that you like didn't really like a sketchy log or something like that that you're like, "Ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. It's like a little risky." But at the top is like the most beautiful <laughs> lookout. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, don't risk your life. Have a calculated <laughs> risk. Like, course, if it's impossible, don't do it. But like. Maybe try to get across that log because it's going to pay off yeah, huge. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. No, that's a good call, man. Actually, online, speaking of laws, we were talking about, I think I found a new law for life, but I want you to try to debunk it. Okay. It was everybody wants to be somebody. Not that somebody wants to be, not somebody else. Come on. They're talking about somebody wants to be a different version of themselves. And I was like, no, there's got to be, a, this is a half truth. There's got to be some other. But then I was thinking, like, even someone who's suicidal that doesn't want to be anybody because they want to die, technically they want a different version of themselves. If they could erase their feelings, they would. 100%. But then to them, the solution is killing themselves. And then you can look at, like, literally, I was thinking about every possible human being. Everyone wants to be a better, not a better, sorry, different version. Or do you think that law has a a, a hole? I think... Uh, it's hard for me to debunk it because I couldn't agree more. But well, like, ideally, you should accept yourself. But yeah. then, but then again, but we live to, in a capitalistic society. Should you? I don't know. I think like, I think like Buddhist monks are probably. <laughs> I was like, gonna say they're close. Yeah, they're probably. But there. they're still striving. Yeah, like, that's they have true. They're always. I don't think. But that's humans. Like that. Yeah, that actually yeah, yeah, ties yeah, back yeah. into what I was just saying about yeah. like responsibility and like willful suffering and things mm-hmm, like that. Like mm-hmm. choosing obstacles and having calculated risk. That like. Mm-hmm. That idea of like that every human is trying to be a different, a better version of themselves, or even just not even maybe better, <laughs> yeah, just different. different. Yeah, yeah. That's human nature. Like we yes, literally, yes, yes. we always need improvement. We always need a challenge to overcome and build our self confidence and that positive feedback loop I was talking about. Natural selection. Ex- Natural yeah, selection. Ex- literally exactly. Like, that's why we're here. <laughs> if, you, if you weren't doing that and if you were stagnant, you'd get fucked <laughs> up. Like the hu- saber tooth tiger. The, hu- like. the human the humans with no motivation, because by the way I just learned this people motivation is in the middle of your brain, the limbic system. Oh, is no. literally a brain thing. Humans that didn't have motivation in that part of the brain didn't survive. That's why we're here. Yeah, it's just it's a natural selection. Everything's survival. Yeah, and that, that <laughs> so constant need, that constant need for change is, it's biological. That'll never go away. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's exactly. always there, and that's but that's why. Of... But that's why, like, I love the idea of willful suffering. So we know that we always we now know that we always have to be like moving forward. We always have to like have some sort of task in front of us, or just some sort of issue to overcome. And perceived yeah yeah, yeah. perceived is <laughs> like, a great like, thing like, that's that's so true because we want given to now it. like we are so comfortable that now we are creating issues mm. and that's why relationships i think are so difficult now because like we don't have like legitimate issues like we don't have like legitimate things that are different we don't have anything trying to kill us we don't we're not mm. looking for shelter mm. we're not looking for food everything's so easy for us so now it's like i need to find something to complain about like i need to find something that's hard i need to find something to challenge myself and you can go two ways you can just bitch and complain about 
What up? Nate is Nate's a guest. Guest on the minutes. podcast. Oh, we're, we're podcasting. <laughs> no right way. We are podcasting we're, right we're now. Podcasting. Get in there. You got you got any hot takes for us? This podcast what? is sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> hard dicks for all. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. If you have any erection <laughs> issues, use promo code <laughs> Nate. <laughs> NWPC. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, what was I saying? You you were talking. I just can't stop thinking about boners now. Yeah, yeah, that's a, this, um, I'm telling you, thick radio. It's legit. <laughs> not long, thick. Um, uh, we we were talking about the will to live. Oh, and then uh, willful suffering. Uh, oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So willful day. suffering. So that's why I like that idea. Basically, like, okay, so we know that we are going to. Ha- we need, we always have tasks. So life is always going to throw tasks at us, whether nature is throwing tasks at us or like societal constructs or or making things up that like mm-hmm. like you like that's why people get pissed off in traffic because uh, like because realistically, if you were thinking completely logically, like a guy cuts you off, you'd be like, whatever, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, continue yeah, yeah, on yeah, my yeah. day. But people get so fucking mad because they don't have anything else to exert that no, aggression no. upon. So yeah, we know, yeah. so we know that we always have like we always have these. Uh, we always need like obstacles and things like that. So working out is like the best example. We need to suffer. We now recognize mm-hmm. that we need to have something challenging that's going to make us suffer a little bit. So you have two options when it comes to like working out. You can either choose to work out in the moment and suffer through a difficult workout and do something that's difficult and uncomfortable and doesn't make you feel the best in the moment, but it's going to improve your health and going to improve your life as a result. Or you can avoid that suffering in the moment and avoid that pain and obstacle. And then later on down the road, you can suffer from kidney failure, diabetes, or obesity related health risks, or have a heart attack or anything like that. And then you might have a shortened life due to that. Not everybody, like some people can never work out and live a healthy life. But we know that exercise is going to greatly reduce the risk of having subpar health in your in the future. So you can either suffer now and work out and reap the rewards, or suffer when you're later because you avoided that suffering. But but regardless, you have to suffer, and there has to be pain as a result of that decision. You you have, you have two options: positive outcome, negative outcome. But you have only one option: both ways suffering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's bang like, on. Um, I'm saying updating you on what I'm eating at lunch or, or yeah saying like, like that like does that this is like me and my girlfriend like have talked about this like we don't text like hardly at all like throughout the day we even go like maybe two days like just like that is goals just, just like for me just, that's goals just like hey just like hey have a good day like it'll be something yeah. but it's nothing and then we'll like FaceTime or call and like, I love calling and, and FaceTime fully catch yeah up. I like, like that I like that but it's yeah like I don't this person that, wasn't a caller but that's like but that's like you are actually like it's a it's a meaningful conversation i guess is what i'm trying to True. say versus like hey what are you up to oh like i have a break at lunch i'm just like eating whatever like blah yeah. blah blah. i'm like oh this happened it's like okay like cool like yeah. but but like is that like yeah. is that a very interesting useful conversation rather i'd rather wait 48 hours and hop on the phone and catch up on everything all at once and right. have like an hour long talk <laughs> hey hey it's all subjective, so yeah, someone true, someone yeah. out there wants a partner like that, and I and I I love that. I want everyone to be loved and have love. Yeah, and but that's not the, me. That is the objective aspect of relationships. <laughs> as long as you're happy and you feel that you're loved and appreciated, then yes, that is good. Yeah. Like, dude, that's that's why I don't. Do we talk about it while this was recording? Like that thing, burning the bridges, and like I don't. 
I wish relationships didn't end messy. If only people just said, like, I guess we weren't meant to be. Yeah. I wish people I, could just have that conversation. I feel like, like people okay, do. Whatever, it's over. And you know a couple of my friends that have said, like, that are in, like, their 30s and, like, 40s and they're dating still? That's kind of what it is for them, they uh, said. It's very just, like... <clears throat> it's not meant to be. It's very just, like, uh, they basically just say, like, especially when they're, like, meeting people, it's like, this is what I want. Can you provide that? And it's just, like, it's pretty transactional almost because especially in your 30s and 40s you've kind of been through all that you probably maybe had a divorce like you've kind of been through mm. all that you recognize what you want what you don't want and that person's probably on the same wavelength and then when it ends as well it's very similar it's just like this didn't work out but that being said there's tons of fucking really messy divorces so it's like i don't know i feel like yeah it's i feel it's so dependent on the people and it comes very back it so. comes back to like comes back to you need to fix this has been a whole relationship podcast i'm kind of about Shit, it this has been good. okay um it comes back to like you need to if you are, as an individual are not like sound and in a good place with your life and truly confident in kind of who you are and what you want what you don't want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how can you ever expect to like symbiotically grow with another person that way 100 percent. how can you ever expect 100%. that? that's something it took me so long to understand and it's like a lot of times like issues in relationships are as a result of those people just not knowing who they are yet an issue with themselves an issue in relationships is really an issue with yourself it'll just end up projecting or stemming it's got like it has to be Mm -hmm. it has to be Mm -hmm. the inner outer world philosophy we talked about way back during first lockdowns your inner world is kind of your outer world yeah (laughs) theoretically no it's all projection um dude have, have you heard of the shadow this concept russell brand on tiktok was like and it blew my mind I, I brought it up with a psychologist and she it's a carl young theory the shadow people when is a shadow in real life i'm not being all poetic like when's a shadow casted when the sun hit. when some a sun light hits something mm-hmm. we suppress things because a, a light is never shined on them there are things that we don't express because there's no need to Usually it's aggression, anger, sex. Let's be real. All of these things in life, there's usually no reason to address these issues in, in those three realms until a light shined on it. And that's your shadow. And we have, or some people would deem them blind spots. And we have things that we suppress sometimes for decades. So I'm bringing this up because this partner, and I've already kvetched about this at Vic Park with you, but this is for the listeners. Like there are things I was not insecure about. Up until I'm 24 now, just now I got insecure about some things, and it was you playing footsies with me. Yeah, <laughs> right. this is really fucking got me. Going, man. All the sex talk, yeah, that's right. All the sex and relationship. So that's what I'm saying, man. Is I had shadows, and I don't know whether to be grateful for this person that I was seeing for literally 60 days. That's it. Should I be grateful? Should I be upset? Well, it's like what you I said. I hate these insecurities, but I I can address them early in my life. Exactly. It's also like you said. It's a lesson, right? What was some, the, what was the? It was Oprah, Oprah said. Some people are here for a moment, a lesson, or a lifetime. That that <laughs> like everyone is actually everyone. Yeah, every, no matter what, they fit no matter, into those yes. three categories. Yeah. Um, fuck. What was I gonna say? Maybe um, while you think, it could be like a Venn diagram too. I don't know. I'm just thinking. What if someone was here for a moment? They move cities or pass away. Oh no! But then no, I wouldn't be there for a lifetime. Then. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, or a lesson. Maybe someone's a moment analyst. Yeah, they can be a moment <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, sure. Oprah's um, full of chokma. What's chokma mean? Yiddish and uh, wisdom. Oh yeah. 
Uh, I was gonna say something about that, and then I kind of uh, lost. On um, um, when oh. I said the shadow. Oh yeah, it was the shadow thing. So um, is so you said aggression, sex. And what else? There's got to be a, a sex, aggression, a sexin. <laughs> <laughs> That's aggressive a, sex. <laughs> a section. <laughs> aggressive sex, no. <laughs> a sex aggression. No, so Sexy it, was, aggression. it was like anger too or something. Or just like, um, yeah, yeah. and there's a, many more. These are just examples. So, so is that what comes out? As a result of the light being shone on it, or is the light shines on that like aggression? The, oh no, no, those cause those are the light. Those are the light shining on insecurity. Oh, like so when when you're angry, when you are se- sexual, and when you're aggressive, which we people don't get to be in this society. Yeah, true. When you are now, you the light has been shown. Uh, shine on insecurities or or just or anything anything things that you were suppressing because you didn't get to express those three realms you don't what when think about it when do we get to express anger aggression sex we're lucky that like you have a we work out a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't get to get aggressive or just in that zone um not everyone sees oh one second and i guess like when you when you say sex you think like actual sexual intercourse but i'm talking like just think about like your sexual aura and just being a sexual person in our society like i I don't know it's a hot take some people i guess could but like there's certain clothes you can't wear in public and it's just hard to express yourself well well, i think even like aggression's really been weeded out of our society it's been such a negative connotation on aggression totally people think about aggression they think of the big fucking jacked like or just yelling like aggression exactly and it's like and it's being aggressive towards other humans mm-hmm. with, oh, the, yeah. with the intent to right. hurt other humans right. physically or emotionally. They think of it as, you're right, you're but right, that, hurting but that people. that isn't it. Like, again, coming back to Jordan Peterson, he talks about controlled aggression and how important controlled aggression is. And that's why sports are so beneficial and working out are so beneficial for young people. And that's something that like I think is so important for young men and women mm-hmm. to realize at a young age. That it's like comes back to the traffic thing. The reason people get so pissed off and so angry in traffic is because they have no control over their aggression and because society has weeded out that aggression has a negative connotation. But when you're in the comfort of your car, you can say, fuck you, fuck mm-hmm. you, and you can just fucking explode. Mm-hmm. But you know what they're exploding about is because they're unhappy with their marriage. They're unhappy with their job. They're unhappy with so many things, but they don't have that aggressive outlet like working out, like sports, like going back thousands of years, hunting, things like that, things that took aggression and energy, they don't have that outlet anymore. So that comes out in the car, or yelling at your wife, or yelling at your kids, or or whatever it is. And But some of the most successful people in the world, especially men, have aggression that is controlled. It's not, they're not dicks. They're just aggressive in their pursuit of becoming a better businessman. The best athletes in the world are aggressive athletes. They don't have to be assholes. They sometimes are, like Michael Jordan was like a notorious dick, but he was aggressive in his pursuit to become the best. That's why he became the best. Jeff Bezos was aggressive in his pursuit to become the richest man in the world. They don't, you don't have to, aggression is not the way society has viewed it. The way you see two people clashing, like imagine you use it in this sentence. That person aggressively um, 
puts family first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, exactly. like, like, it's just aggressive. Think of the actual word aggressive. You know, it doesn't. Know. It's well, not. It's not an anger thing. Aggression <laughs> and anger are intertwined. That's people not it. tie them together. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's true. It's true. Um. You're... What What is your biggest piece of advice for young men and women? How young and why? Let's go teens and young twenties. You can separate the two, or you can tie them together. Whatever you prefer. Off the top of my dome, I think. I tell people to understand the, the theory of projection. And, I, and you hear me use that word too often, but I wish young people understood that we're always projecting baggage all the time. And it doesn't have to be poetic. When I say some of this stuff, it's not like poetic stuff. Literally everything you do is just re- resembling what you learned in the past. When, you, when someone asks you what 2 plus 2 is, that's a projection of your past baggage. You know exactly the answer from your past. Mm-hmm. And it's stuck with you. That's why the baggage is there with you. I wish all young kids would learn that. And then also, not to take anything personally. It kind of ties in. So I try to tell my youth athletes this all the time. When someone gets mad at you, they're projecting. Don't take it personal. It has nothing to do with you. Even if you are rude and say, you're fucking ugly. They're going to get pissed at you. But you can't take it personally. And it's like Inception. They can't take what you said personally. But even though you're rude, you're just shining a light on insecurity. Can you, if, if uh, to conclude, if a person's identity was so strongly like, I am not ugly, or just like if I called you Alex, you, you wouldn't even get upset because you're like, I'm Scott. It's not yeah. my name. Yeah. I identify as Scott. If your identity is so aligned with something, you're not taking that shit personal. You don't really care. Yeah. And I tell kids just not take things personally because of projection and to learn like everything's projected. But the ugly <laughs> thing, like if you were to say, I think you have to explain that deeper for me because like. If you were to just outright be completely rude for no reason yeah. with ill intent to hurt somebody else's feelings, how do you not take that person? Be- because you feel bad that someone programmed them in the past to say such a thing. Uh, holy fuck. You yeah. just you just feel bad. At that point you gotta be empathetic. You go, who the fuck hurt you? That's so like, and you wise, go and you yeah. open your arms, you go, give me a hug. Like and yet you've completely dissociated the personal thing. You've completely dissociated the personal thing. You get, you say, I feel so bad for whoever hurts you. You yeah. actually, because then you love every human being on earth. Hurt people, hurt people. Simple as that. Yeah. That, that's anyways, crazy. that's what I wish I could tell all young kids, and then obviously the ripple effect is massive. How, but how, how many people do you think can realize? Because that's got to be such a challenging thing. Like, do you think yeah. you you yourself are you to that point yet that you can like? hear something like that that's hurtful to you and like have that initial like control to be able to say like i'm sorry that 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 you feel that way because that's that's not you don't take it personally i guess no and i i really wish the i could have just pleased all y'all and been like yes i have mastered that skill no and that i blame my ego i blame my ego and i do blame past insecure or have you noticed the people closest to you are the people you justify to all the time? Mm-hmm. The stranger came up to me and said, "You look like a, pu- a fucking piece of fakakta." I wouldn't be. I'd be like, "I keep watching, like whatever." Mm-hmm. My brother said that. He knows me. He knows me because his opinion matters to you. To me, he knows Zev almost as much as I know myself. Mm-hmm. That's like me calling myself ugly. 
or oh, like wow, like yeah. So I that's why I can't say I've mastered that. Is there's still moments my ego says, he's right. Do you think you ever will? Yes, yes, because I also believe in active manifestation and priming from thinking fast, thinking slow. Yes, I'm battling. My ego's battling, but I gotta say yes because mm. I do want to change. Yeah, I want it to change. Yeah. So if I said I don't know, that'd be the real truth. That's what my higher self is saying. I want change. I can tell you that. I want. I want us one day to be able to say yes. That is. I, yeah. Even my brother or, or people close to me won't affect me. It's just such an incredibly challenging thing <clears throat> to have control over your ego. It's something I've been super oh, obsessed with. Like even since you, we started talking about way back. Like it's yeah. been on my mind a ton. Just like it gets exhausting thinking about like what what you're saying and why you're saying it and how it relates to your ego. It gets very tiring. Mm-hmm. It's useful, mm-hmm. but it also I sometimes it brings my self-confidence in myself down because it's like you realize some of the things you say for that are ego driven and you're like am I really like that like it's like mm-hmm. you're it's it's a hard pill to swallow I guess mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it's like wow like because you see you hear yourself say something and then you're like oh well you said that because of this to feed your ego in this way and then it's like fuck am I a narcissist and yeah, then it's like and then it's just yeah, this yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's it's positive but it, it's just work I guess it's just I, it's challenging it's very challenging I could dude I could not agree more I'm at a point in my life where I analyze my ego way too much how how do you stop that I don't know man like I just <laughs> like how once is it one of those things once you learn you're stuck you're, I've, I've, I've pulled back a little bit, like, yeah. lately. Yeah, you have to. Watch comedies and just fucking yeah. leave the world for a second. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, finding, like, small things. Because I'm, part of me is, like, against instant gratification. I try to avoid it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But everybody needs their vice, right? Like, everybody. It's true. It's true. So you can't, you can't do everything, like, you can't just avoid all things for instant gratification. Of so course. you can get, like, the result later. Like, you kind of need your vice. And, yeah, finding things that can distract me. Because I... And I know you are too. I'm too in my head all the time. So I need things like mountain biking is a good one for me and like things like working out somewhat. Um, but things, yeah, that I, it's an escape. Think like reasons as much as I think people should avoid escapes as much as possible. I think you should also have them in a controlled manner that like are useful to you. And that's something with like ego and just constantly thinking about my thoughts and stuff like that that can get exhausting. So mm-hmm. it's something that it's nice to have an escape from your own mind sometimes. And and I guess, remember when we talked about the term egotistical? Mm-hmm. I think you could eliminate that negative connotation to thinking about the ego if you have a positive ego. That you're saying, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying to bring joy to my friend. And then, and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to let the ego fly because it's a positive feedback loop for your super ego, for the higher self. And if anyone's listening, you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. The id, think of like, picture a timeline, okay? On the left side is your id, and the example is you're at a restaurant, you're thirsty, you're, you're thirsty, you grab the first drink you see across the table, it's someone else's. Your super ego says, I'm thirsty, I'm not going to die. The waiter is busy, going to give them a minute. Everything's okay. You wait. That's your higher self saying, I know the situation. And then the ego is, floats. It hovers. The ego says, 
fuck it, take the water. And your ego might also be like, you know what? In this moment, higher self, follow, let the waiter come in a few minutes. So that's what I'm saying is like, it's positive feedback loop. You can train that ego to hover closer to the superego or your higher self, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's where like at first right now, I feel the same, Scott, where like I hate just thinking about why I'm doing everything. Set the foundation. You're doing it to spread love and then catch yourself going, oh, that was selfish. Then you go right back to like, okay, my decision is to spread love. Everything I say, like, because think about it, not to go on a tangent. If we really wanted to kill our ego, which is impossible, but metaphorically, you'd stop talking. Yeah. You'd literally stop talking. Well, you that's, can't. That's monks. That's literally <laughs> you stop. monks. Exactly. You'd have to stop talking because everything we say is our ego trying to justify or prove. When mm -hmm. I'm probably forgetting other things. And so you'd have to stop talking. But then there's where I, I've, I'll come back and say like, no, I want to bring joy to you. You want to bring joy to me. So we do kind of assume a bit. Yeah. And we assume like, oh, this is going to, like we're doing this right now, everything. Mm -hmm. But it's beyond my head even. Like this is us just talking for fun philosophically. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, but that's, I, that's a big part, honestly, of like why I wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. Because I have, there is so much lost value in that wasn't recorded uh, in conversations oh you my, and I have yes, had. Yes, yes. Me, you, and Ben. Me so and ben, much, me so and much. And that's every, pretentious of us, but I'm just saying, you guys listening, my ego says you would have enjoyed it. Oh, right? well, that, that, yeah, that's actually, that's ironically <laughs> like, a funny example. Like, I'm not. It's not for I'm, us saying you're no. smart. It's you, like. It's something, it's just. You would have having enjoyed it. One of the most <laughs> beneficial things that I can recommend to anybody, it doesn't matter their age, whatever is talking to your friends about your feelings. Mm. And it sounds so lame and it's and especially as a young man who's taught that like feelings are not manly and it's not that's not a characteristic of a, a male usually. It is one of the most beneficial value-packed things that I've ever experienced and I have had so many incredible conversations that have helped me understand myself and understand others in at a rate like like in a rate that's impossible to like imagine like how fast I've like changed my perception of um, of others and of myself and understanding feelings and things like that it's been so useful and so valuable so so yeah anyways that's it. Yeah, that's um, no talk I need to do that more the heart to hearts I used to love at sleepovers even as a kid yeah. and when we get older we've had them so mm -hmm. it's, you're right it's awesome so it's so important you like so important we have access to so many we have access to all of our friends and peers and adults and things like that that even if they're even if you don't look at them as someone who's like super intelligent or like super in-depth thinker or whatever they have all kinds of experiences that you can learn from and like that's the beauty of podcasting and listening to podcasts mm -hmm. or doing them is you you get so much value about the human experience and how to live a better life from hearing other people's lives and like 100 trials and tribulations that they 100 when when going and so not to jump on the ego again when the ego says i just want to give and i don't want to prove you can sit and listen so like you could have someone on and to have a good ego you'd sit there and listen be curious Whereas, like, where was I even going with this? Like, then, and then you're not, you're not trying to prove yourself. Like, you, oh, I know. You can give yourself mental high fives when you have a thought of, like, oh, I could prove to them I know more. I could prove to them. If they, imagine the scenario, people. Imagine someone says, I just bought a car. I'm excited. And then a person who has no control in their ego and the id comes out, 
saying, oh, I bought my first car five months ago. Just like to say, uh, how often? No, you hear yeah, this all the time, yeah. though. And not on that grand pretentious scale, on little micro scales of like, always. people say like, oh, I went camping. You're like, and then someone else would go, oh, that's sick. I went like a week ago. That's not harmful. But their id came out. They're like, I need to prove for some yeah. reason I'm Dude, on a, I, I'm right? guilty of that so oh, many times. Same, same. All the time. Yeah. But, but think about it. On a podcast, someone you bring someone on and, and or a conversation like this. And then someone says, I went camping. And you can sit there and go, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you give yourself a mental high five. Yeah. We need to give ourselves more mental high fives and give tuck the ego away. Literally, just fucking. Yeah, good yeah. job, Scott. You're your own best friend, as Jordan Peter would say. Yeah. You're like, good job, Scott, in yeah. your head. But then you just say, that's wonderful. And then they then they're like, fuck, Scott, listen in. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. Oh. Everybody is. I it? actually see we've been going on and on. I wanted to know, what would you say to young people? What would you tell them? Because um, look where it got us. That one I know, question. I know. That one question. I want to know. Yeah. I want to hear it. Um I would say like I would say make as many mistakes as like you can at, yeah, cool. at a young age. Don't don't make like don't make life altering mistakes. Like don't try to avoid the ones that are gonna like ruin your life. I think that's awful. Right, Matt. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't smoke yes, meth. Matt. Yes, Matt. <laughs> make um, good good make meth mistakes. Yes, make meth mistakes. Um but I would say just like do like don't be afraid to try something that you are going to fail at, I guess mm, is what mm, I would say. Mm. And it's not like and that and that ties into seeking some responsibilities and seeking some challenges and seeking some potential pain like whether it's trying out for a sports team or whether it's trying to start a business in your young 20s or whatever it is like collect those failures because they're going to make you an exponentially better person like that's good so i would say i would say yeah just seek failure seek responsibility and have fun while you're doing it don't forget to have fun don't you could you could have all the fun in the world and have no responsibilities for 10 years and you'd be in still in your young 20s. So don't beat yourself up too much. I don't think you should throw your life away. But yeah, I would say that's my recommendations right now. I have a lot of I them, actually. Like, I feel I, like oh. I have a ton of them. But yeah, I think those are the main ones that come to mind. Imagine if you like, wrote a little ebook, 12 Rules for Life. <laughs> yeah. In my 20s. Yeah, 12 Rules for Life for 20-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, man. Well, okay. No, I... I apologize in advance for doing this. What? The ego thing. Literally, people, we just... And I just confess that I think about it too much. And I hear you're going to actually hear me do it live of how I think about it too much. When I said... When I just said, look how long that answer got us. Or look where that uh, question got us. Yeah. I didn't have to say that. My ego told me to say that to prove to you for some random reason that I was aware... The question got us there, no. as if you didn't know the question got us there. No, but I and, but, no, but I hadn't thought about that. Like I, I forgot that that was the original question. But, I actually didn't know. And okay, I think and, you're overanalyzing. And see, here I we think, go. I here we go. I'm overanalyzing because here I am thinking like, oh, that was me proving. Whereas like, I guess if you took something away from me saying that, then it was. We're getting used. <laughs> so if you took if you took something away from it, I guess it's okay. But if my intent was to bring joy which i will be completely honest and say my intent there i don't think was to give you joy by saying that i just felt like i was egotistical in that moment and it's a loophole because me saying this is my ego trying to prove to you i'm aware of my ego 
How fucked is that? It's, it's, an, it's, it's a, a, a loop. It's, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. It's an a ego constant. paradox. Yeah. Man. I get into these ego paradoxes, yeah. and, and it's like. But, I that, but then this is why it's fucking exhausting it, to I, think about your ego. Like, I'm done. I'm not not again. Like you overanalyze the fuck out of that. <laughs> uh, I know yeah, you did, yeah, but like. I'm yeah. I'm done with it. So. You just give up. No, no. Yeah, like you said, I'm literally like cold turkey. Yeah. Never. Just stop talking. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> We're monks now. The yeah. monk podcast yeah, the is monk silent podcast. the whole time. Thick monks radio. Thick monks. <laughs> There's so, got to be a yoked monk out there. There is. Have you seen the? No. Oh my god. There's got to be a yoked. I'll bring monk. it up. I'll bring it up. Please right now. bring He's it up. He's actually huge. Actually, and you think this keeps recording? Yeah, 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 it's gonna keep going. I, I want to talk about how cut you are. What? You're cut these days. I'm getting lean, man. You're getting lean. How long? Oh, my God. These are thick monks. <laughs> this guy, when you do this that. Guy. Oh, like, my God. The guy's huge. They don't eat enough. Like, you know, it's, it's genetics at that point. Or he's roiding under the table. Imagine just a monk on trend. <laughs> if there's one, this like, is him. Yeah. Right? Like, because think about it. They honestly don't eat and sleep enough to have that much muscle unless it's genetic. Have you heard of these monks? They'll sleep like. Do you know how long they sleep for? No. Six hours. How is he gaining muscle mass like that? Sleeping six hours. What the hell is going on here? For people that can't see, they have swords on his toes and boobies. I didn't realize those were spears. Spears. Thank you. Jesus Christ. And, and they they don't eat enough. They eat three meals a day. They're pretty small. I've seen a day in the life of a monk. Really? Day. I've watched it, and it's not a. There's walking meditations, and they have these turf laneways. And they just are very conscious of everything they sense when they walk. Really? And that's what they'll do sometimes for hours. Do you think you could live that life? No. Okay. No, no. I, I like, I like we talking. Born I like talking too much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's also true. Being born around here and then trying to go to that. Like, I would try to maybe, like, go for, like, you some of those, like, week-long silent retreats? Yes. I think that would be cool. I'd be down. I'd be down. I'd be super down for that. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, how long until you're gonna not be so lean? Um, well, I'm trying to peak strength right now, so like I that's it. Hot take to do that while so you're dude, lean. it's so it's kind of been like a random experiment on myself, and I it's, dig it. it went so well actually. Like I was I was expecting an injury or just to not uh, get stronger, and neither really happened yet. Like knock on wood, like I got like two weeks left, and I'm gonna like max my squat bench and deadlift, see what it is. Um. Are you playing around the nervous system to make that happen or just protein intake and or both? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, oh, oh so, to, so oh, that you to, have the muscle to lift oh, weight, yeah. more weight. So it's been a couple of things. So it's been, yeah, it's been managing neural fatigue as much as possible. I train four days a week. I only have one deadlift day, which is big for me because deadlifts take a lot out of me. I have one heavy squat day and then a really light squat day, which has been nice because it's not really fatiguing, but it still primes that movement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I bench three times a week because bench doesn't take a ton out of me and a heavy medium light day protein intake yes like as much protein as i can uh handle um until you start just exploding everywhere sorry not i don't know why i don't know i don't know handle i don't really know why i said it like or that. handles in how much you literally you can fill your stomach no no oh, 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 i don't, oh, I don't oh, know oh, why oh. i said it like that so you are I, meticulous though still with it. like yeah. you're not just plowing as much as yeah okay. just more no, no no i have i have calories and macros yeah, 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 so yeah, basically like 1.2 grams per pound of body weight um because is your metabolism starting to show up is your metabolism getting kind of fucked right now or like could you eat only protein and uh or, or are you so low metabolically that if you did stuff your face with i don't know like 
200 plus grams of protein we'd be no you wouldn't be over you'd still be so low that's yeah, I'm not. I'm really not that lean though. Like I'm not at the. Okay. Po- I'm yeah, not, you're not, I'm not you're, at the your point. Your body's still. Fine. I'm still fine. Yeah. Like if I got below, like I'm like 193 ish right now. If I get below 190, then I'll probably. It's more so, like I won't. I probably won't have like low libido. It's like you yeah. have to really yeah, push yeah, to like yeah, get yeah. to that stuff and like have like really bad metabolic adaptations. But I would be too food focused. I know I would. I'd just be hungry too much. Like mm-hmm. my calories would be too low. So it's been a couple things. So it's been just making sure like I have as much food as I can and more energy expenditure because that's the way I like to diet is like a decent like a good amount of food and then just move more mm-hmm. um, um, managing uh, managing my fatigue has been massive and I've actually been good at that taking deload at the proper time and like nice. managing my recovery make sure my sleep's optimal <clears throat> when is what's the optimal time to deload in your opinion for this moment in uh, training for me it was six weeks in so i had a nine week training block and i the first i could have done three weeks deload three weeks deload three weeks max but i was on i felt fine like i felt fine and if you're still first... gaining you might as well just milk as much as you can out of exactly the gains. everything was going really well mm-hmm. so i was like so then at six weeks i took like a really light deload like i only trained like twice and i just like really recovered and then the last three weeks have been like really aggressive. So like the neural fatigue is really starting to pile up now. Like I was pretty beat on the weekend. Was it like an actual deload where intensity and volume? Yeah. It wasn't because folks, anyone listening there, some people go, I deloaded and they actually just kept destroying their body because like they just were going way too hard, but the volume was technically lower, but they're still training. Hard. Yeah. Sure. There's a bunch of different ways to deload. <laughs> There's a lot. Like, yeah. People, some people like to drop volume. Some people like to drop intensity. I think you should drop both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nippert said that, and yeah. which is a YouTuber, but you should look up everyone. But that's where I and I was like, that's true. You should yeah. drop both. <laughs> it's yeah. a good deload. So that's what I did. Yeah, and then, um, and then yeah, I've also used this diet has been so seamless because I've taken it so slow and I've utilized diet breaks. So I've utilized taking. I like I took one week long diet break where I was back up at maintenance for an entire week because I got down to like 195 and I was like I was like okay like I'm pretty happy with this um I still have lots of time like I don't really have a date I'm just kind of getting leaner as summer goes on mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so I was like okay I'm gonna take a diet break so I took a week long like at maintenance and then honestly every like two or three weeks I'd take like a weekend like a 48 hour like refeed. So I'd, I'd up mm-hmm. my carbs mm-hmm. and I'd go back up to closer to maintenance calories or just carbs, depending on how I was feeling. Um, and that's been super useful because my heavy training days are on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I'll have a refeed, higher carbs, maybe higher calories, Saturday, Sunday. And then I come into the beginning of my week, really refueled with lots of energy. And then my calories for the rest of the week will be lower, but on my training days, it don't matter as much. So I've been manipulating my nutrition a ton, like on like days to days. You have to. to to maximize my like heavy training sessions and then keep losing weight and make sure my weekly calories are still in a deficit. This past weekend, I had a full three day refeed where I was actually in a surplus. Like I was like, tech, I know because I'm leaner, a lot of things would be a surplus, but like yeah. it was like like. 3,000 plus calories, which is like a hell of a lot more than what I'm eating now. And I was eating, I was honestly just really relaxed. Like I was like kind of tracking, but not really. I kind of just ate how I wanted to listen to my hunger signals mm-hmm. because like tonight I have like a really heavy lift. And then like tomorrow I have like some heavy squats probably. This week in general is going to be like the hardest. Like it'll be the most accumulated CNS fatigue. And then next week I'll max, like I'll taper and then max. 
so I really pushed food into me like as much as I could like this weekend um, just to get give myself the fuel to get through this training week and to give myself a bit of a psychological break because mm-hmm. I don't want to really lose weight over the next week. Like I, I just want to maintain where I'm at, at make and then I, not even next week and then make sure that I actually peak my strength. I don't want to be hungry and like mm-hmm. tired and with no glycogen. Of course. So and then after that I'll just I'll keep dieting and keep pushing. So Who yeah. are, are the people that will listen to this, you think, gonna be fitness people or average Joe? I don't know, to be honest. I actually have no well, idea. Then tell tell people what a refeed is. They might never have heard that. So basically so refeeding with your diet is when you're so you're dieting down and a refeed can be a couple things, but usually it's it's initial use was replenishing glycogen and it's really useful for bodybuilders. Um, Why would they have to replenish their glycogen if they're dieting? So when you're dieting, your tip, especially if you're like competing in a bodybuilding show, I prefer to diet on high carb, but a lot of like a lot of people do diet on a lower carbohydrate diet, um, and just overall calories, you just don't have as much energy and as much stored energy being glycogen. Um, so as a result, you tend to deplete glycogen because you're training really hard and you're not. The whole point of dieting is eating in a caloric deficit, which means you don't have enough food to fuel you so your body turns to its stored food for energy so as a result you're depleting glycogen so it's nice every like couple weeks or maybe even a couple months depending on how you're feeling to do a refeed which is usually like some people do it a day long i prefer like 48 to 72 hour refeeds and you don't have to increase calories you can just increase carbohydrates um and then just really replenishes glycogen and you feel a lot better when you have more glycogen so if you so then you replenish that glycogen um, and then you feel a lot better and people are typically gravitating towards carbs when they're dieting um, so you use that to fuel your training and make sure that you can keep pushing but the big thing with diet breaks or, sorry with refeeds or a full-blown diet break is it gives you a psychological break from dieting and it's like okay especially if you up the calories it's like okay I can eat bigger meals I can like I can I can maybe have a donut or I can have something that's like a little more rich or something that I've been avoiding. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's on plan. It's not like you don't feel like you're cheating. It's like, no, I'm giving my client a refeed right now so they can eat something that they've probably deemed as a bad food or they're like nervous about. And then it just really helps with your energy in the gym and just like your mentality. And it kind of gives you a break, which is essentially what a diet break is gives you a break from it and then when you come back you can push harder Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's kind of it's like the same as like the weekend and like the idea behind like two day three day weekends it gives you a break from like the work and you usually work harder in the other days as a result so so and people your training is so important like and sometimes people get so into diet but then think about that refeed right you still have to lift heavy things if you want more muscle mass, if there's an aesthetic goal. So it's like really crucial, yeah, to give yourself that energy. Now, do you remember Stronger by Science? There was way back talking about protein at certain times and how much. And then and then one of them mentioned, he's like, honestly, if you're super depleted, he's like, just do 10 push-ups. He's like, the stimulus to the muscles is going to be better than how much protein you're eating. It's just like, just work out. Yeah. And it's like, as long as obviously you're not eating zero grams of protein, like get protein in, but like the people who are like, should I go 0.8, 0.9, one gram per kilogram? Like, like just like work yeah. out, yeah. lift heavy Literally, things. If, you, if your body has that stimulus and that reason to yeah. maintain muscle mass, that's the big, 
things. Like it's it's you like, need protein for sure, but you also don't need course. you also don't need anywhere near as much protein as like people might think too. Because well, protein intake for muscle mass is dictated by your lean body tissue. Mm-hmm. So when people exactly, so when people exactly. take like are eating a gram per pound of body weight. You're not zero percent body fat, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. you have to assume you're yeah. kind of lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, and so have you ever like have you ever been super lean and uh, like you can still again like feel like you're maintaining you're getting muscle just because you're like getting reps in? Uh, it's like some people put so much emphasis into the protein intake and just I don't know. It's kind of bro science, but like if you just feel cut because you're, you're working out all the time like yeah just don't underestimate training like just don't no, lift heavy yeah. stuff i would agree with that yeah. <laughs> i don't know i think you're definitely most people if you're like pretty lean you're not gaining muscle you're maintaining you're ma- it, yeah you're maintaining. Like, like one thing that i know for sure though is like if you're maintaining a body weight so you're not like getting leaner but you can get relatively lean and then just be on a maintenance calories you can build muscle there like mm-hmm. so that's the difference like if you are at maintenance level calories like you can have gain taining so it's like you are you're gaining because muscle while it, maintaining okay, that's your current I, body weight yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah which i've definitely done and that's for sure like most I, of our I, clients would benefit from they, they think they're getting leaner and then well they are sorry they are it's they think they're losing weight drastically yeah anyways yeah. all right dude that was good i'm gonna wrap it up there I think that's so. Good. That was, that so was seventy-eight. Seventy. No way. So we just so went over funny. seventy-five. That's so funny. Uh, Always podcasts are a good time. Yeah, that was. We're gonna do Thanks. more. We're gonna do it more because I was gonna be a regular guest. Thanks for hosting me at your house. Always, man. Always. This is the new podcast Great. studio. And thank you for listening once yeah. again. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you just listened this entire episode, wow, I really appreciate that. And hopefully, there's gonna be plenty more. Thanks so much for tuning in, people, to self-improve once again. That was so much fun. I always tell Scott, like, it doesn't matter if no one listens because it's just fun to do. It's like making a movie with someone that loves film. It's just enjoyable. So thanks again. Rate five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I wish you the best. Tune in next Friday. Shabbat shalom. Take care. Bye. Bye.